they saw me mm. in priest mode and they saw the pilgrims around me that were being enriched by my priesthood and they were deeply moved by that and I'll never forget the sharing at the end we're all sitting uh, in a circle and my it comes uh, my dad was just melting down just to it was beaming with pride and I'll, ne I'll never forget he stopped me in the galley we're on this you know because you have to move from island to island from Athens to Thessaloniki etc and he stops me in the in the little corridor of the after mass on this ship this cruise ship and in a silent moment and just me and him he he just kind of stops me and he puts his hand over my heart mm. and he just, he just looks me like deep in the eyes like into my soul and says Andrew you are a star for Christ and he's just like he was just beaming with pride and Oh my gosh, the, the healing that that gave to me to know that um, that, he that, saw he was, it. that he was yeah that he saw it and that that we were there's just a connection there and I think there's so much in us right that we want to be approved we want to have that um, that sense that we've not let them down mm. and um, and so that was just a golden moment in like the blessing of a father yeah. absolutely <laughs> I mean we live for that. Hello! Welcome to the Friday bonus episode of The Beatitudes, yeah. a podcast for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness as they walk together in authentic fraternity and sprinkling in a dash of humor along the way. My name is Paul Kolker, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my bro-hosts, Jeffrey Scheffelbein. I'm so happy to be here, Paul. And Nicholas Besner. Arrivederci. Oh, <laughs> that, I don't I think know. What you that just means. said goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll see you well, later. We'll see you later. <laughs> that's, that's, the, show. that's the whole episode. <laughs> that's the only Italian word I could think of. Paul and I were ju <laughs> we just were in the car to pick up Father earlier this morning, and I didn't bring this up because we were talking. The car we got behind said pizza was the yes uh, was the it license was p1 zz4 it was okay pizza. yeah yeah who yeah. likes pizza this much <laughs> <laughs> they gotta get a custom license plate a vanity plate for that uh, so that's another italian word you know is that I how pizza. that got pizza yes. okay we, yeah thanks for following segue. this yeah. pasta <laughs> we know pasta, pasta. yeah, yeah. um <laughs> vino i think we all know vino yeah. uh, well we're joined again for our bonus Ooh. episode with father Andrew Dalton, and uh, if you missed the Monday show, please go back and watch it. Maybe don't be driving when you listen to that one, because we get contemplative with Father on that one, and it's it's powerful. He had us in tears. We were we were stopping to pray for a little bit there. That was that was wonderful. Although I did love that you finished the closing prayer with the realm of the Beatitudes, and I think we need to just rename this office the realm of the Beatitudes. It's the realm, right? Here. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the, your kings and the reigning. Welcome to the realm. Lock the door from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but, but yes, it was all about the Shroud. It was incredibly impactful. If you haven't heard of the Shroud of Turin, it's a, a wonderful uh, artifact of, of the Lord's life that that lives in Turin, Italy, or Torino, as we uh, as we learned the proper Italian. And um, but Father, before we get back into anything serious, we're we're gonna be a little goofy to start this episode we're play off. A game. That's right. And this game is called "Blessed Are the Joke Makers, for they shall inherit the points." Okay. That's right. This one's gonna be eighty-eight points. Oh, the year. 
the year, year that the bad signs came out. We're going to turn it into yeah. a good number. 88 right. is about to become a good number in this office. That's it. All right, I'm along for the ride. No idea what's happening, but let's, <laughs> well, let's see. It would be like, a good year if you picked the right person, Father. It's like <laughs> whose line is it anyway? Uh-huh. Points are made up. They really don't matter. Yeah. But they matter to us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, it's for bragging rights bragging amongst rights. the Beatitudes. But, How does uh, it work, Paul? Yeah, so the way this works, we got a character card, and we got a Catholic card game card, and we have to answer the Catholic card game card as the character. So we're going to take Whoa. on a persona. It's going to be goofy off the rails. We never really know where this is going to go. Mine's going to be serious. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's pretend that's anywhere close to true. All right, so the character card that we are all having to take on in various ways— Shapes or form. Don't don't try to. One of us. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You do have to judge us at the end of it. I thought Jeff was trying to bargain for points right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of it, just whoever tickles your funny bone. It's okay. it's pure personal preference. There are no criteria except your own. Cool. All right. So here we go. The character card is as a drunk uncle. Answer the question <laughs> blank. A near occasion of sin. I know it's it's about the faith, but technically pints with Aquinas is a near occasion of sin because of the first part of that title. It just gets me thinking about the booze. <laughs> this may or may not be a near occasion of sin, but sometimes when I go to minus, I'm still feeling it from the last night. <laughs> And I'm messing with that missile that they put in there for you, and it's just a missile. And I sometimes I start bending it and folding it, and it ain't ruined. It's just turning a little bit. <laughs> oh, that was that was something. <laughs> we were all along for the ride on that one. Well, of course, you know, you know, Jimmy. Uh, your your aunt and I, we really like to drink the vino. And you know, the other day I I stumbled into I stumbled in and, and I, I was I spilled a little bit of the wine uh, across across the the bed sheets, and it it just looked just like the shroud. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, I don't know why all of our drunk uncles had to be from West Texas, but <laughs> I was gonna say, is, is that a regular thing? Are. <laughs> but you have to now pick whoever wow. tickled your fancy. Actually, are the, the Jeff, you, there's a little something of a. Uh, What's the guy that does the Happy Gilmore? Uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was, oh, there was a little Adam Sandler-like accent. Yeah, that one got me a little. I was, I felt like you really entered into character. So I'm Thanks. gonna give, I'm gonna give you points for that. Jeff takes the point. I felt I, myself really walking this line of like, <laughs> what's sacrilegious? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep but, it high level. But 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 your drunken like stupor remembered the word vino, which is that's yeah. that's impressive. That's like foreign language. You know, and I also think like I didn't ruin anything. It's just been turned a little bit. You know, <laughs> I, I hope that translates. <laughs> Hey, for being our celebrity guest judge today, you're going to get a pair of socks from Sock Religious. And Sweet. these are actually of our patron saint for the Beatitudes, St. Maximilian Kolbe. Sweet, so, I love him. Um, these are your socks. I've never seen a legionary priest wear colorful socks, so I'm not sure where. But you haven't seen us in our 
pajamas. That's where we. <laughs> that's where we express ourselves. We gotta wear black like when we're out in public. But yeah. th- I got some wild pajamas. So <laughs> now express I got this. <laughs> at night at home. Every yourself, night they're no doing that. Like, that's right. That's Slide where, across the floor like <laughs> because <laughs> I can. That's like uh, that's like when my brother told me and and we were on a family trip and he was like, no no no, Paul, you can be yourself just on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything was great except for the bad part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Father, uh, so we on the last show got to know so much about the Shroud of Turin, and it was really eye-opening and inspiring and deep, um, and at the same time, uplifting, and you gave us kind of a call to action. But who are you? We need to go back to who is this man who is in Rome leading all sorts of classes and doing this side hobby expert on the shroud. Yeah, side hobby that's fast becoming like the mainstay, <laughs> huh? Or at least it seems to be approaching that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> a it, it's a roller coaster. That's the only way I can describe it. Like you buckle up when the Holy Spirit's in control. It's going to mm. take you in places you don't know. Um and that's fun. Like I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um I I joined to, to become a missionary. And so, like, when you think about, like, going out on the mission, like, what does that look like? The jungle? The sandlot? I have no idea. But take me. I, that's what I want. Like, I, n- I don't want to get too comfortable in any aspect have of Have you been that way your whole life? No. I mean, I was at college when I found my call. So I was okay. 20. And I didn't think about the priesthood before that. So uh, it was to- – I was totally derailed. And I certainly didn't think I was going to be a professor. Uh, so it's kind of a, a weird – it's very specific. Like it's a mission within – a calling within a calling. Mm. Then to find out that I'd be teaching biblical theology. Um, but I-, I see it as a service to the church too, that I get to teach future priests, which is a privilege um, to think these are the ones that are going to be sharing the gospel mm. all over the world. And if I get to – uh, be a little part of their intellectual formation and to help them feel confident in their faith and knowledgeable to share that I count that a blessing. Yeah. Most of us have never at 20 years old changed the whole trajectory of our life and answered a calling. Can you yeah. talk to us about that process of discernment and vocation? Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because people, even in my own house, they don't actually know my backstory, but it, it, you know, I was, I was at a fraternity at Georgia tech. I was, on the cheerleading oh, squad. Oh, you were the mascot. Yeah. Somebody I, I told heard, me this the other I day. heard Wait, that really? they, t- they gave you the scoop, so you know my dirty past here. But it, it is kind of fun uh, to, to reflect back. In fact, in fact, I entered in the seminary with What were my, you called, a wasp? No, no, no. Well, the Ramblin' Wreck. Come on. Okay, yeah. we're, we're the Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. better than the Bumblebee, which is far too friendly. Like, we're supposed to be fierce. Come on, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, so Buzz is the name of the... The yellow jacket mascot, Amazing. and for two years I got to be the guy at the football games that danced around in this crazy costume, <laughs> and it's so fun because I can never be the mascot uh, at any other school. So for those who are listening, and you might think like I'm big and buff, like I'm not. <laughs> I'm uh, five foot eight and a half, like on a good day, and uh, not not so heavy. <laughs> Let's just say, like, um, but the whereas like usually it's some like big brawny like mascot, like sure. six foot six and. But uh, Buzz is just a clumsy, awkward, uh, fun kind of character. You had a giant stinger, didn't you? And a big buzzer, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> th- th- this is this was the fun part of the, ga- the football games. Like, um, you know, there'd be the pregame show, and then the marching band would go out, and they'd be in formation, and then the, the guy from the tower would say, and now announcing the n- nation's number one mascot, Buzz. And he'd he come, like, 
flying out of the tunnel and racing towards the 50-yard line and do the buzz flip where he lands on his back and then like d- doesn't even land on his feet but just kind of like sh- stands up and shakes it off and and then runs to the swarm on the other side of the field Amazing. and just dives into body surf in, in the the student section. Oh, awesome! <laughs> it, it, it's totally awesome. Like, what bigger rush for you know uh, a college kid totally to be able to do that? So I I I, that, I love that. I loved that so much. Um, in, in fact, this was the hard thing to leave behind. You know, like Peter and they they have to like leave their nets they left like what are the what are the things that like draw yeah. you sometimes it's so disproportionate when we think about like mm. you're gonna sacrifice a family and you're gonna not get married or ever have kids or pursue the career you've been you know but for me at the time i was like but my letter jacket but my buzz like you yeah. can, it's so cool to be able to like go on the seven 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 or whatever with the with the football team and the cheerleading squad buzz is part of the cheerleading squad and you'd go to the game at whatever it was sure. UNC or, and and it was just it was a it was a riot it was a riot I loved it um but um I think it was a little bit of stepping into the role of um the entertainer like you have to you have to switch I am introverted like I really am like it I love to speak to people but at the same time it drains my energy tank sure. you know mm-hmm. what I mean and so I go to these games and I'd be all out into it because buzz I mean it's this huge head if you want to if <laughs> yeah. you want to like nod you have to like Bend at the waist. Full body. No. Yeah. It, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he walks in such a way that he looks at one eye and then the next eye. Because everything's big gesture. You are worn out. You are, you're trying to, like, pep, pe- get awesome. people, like, pumped. And then uh, and then the science, silence descends upon you again. And you're just like, whoo, I'm done. I'm spent. But it was, it was a great, it was a great experience. I think that a, a little way that God reminded me that, uh, it, being a, a man for others, quite frankly, like I was always fear. Like before, I would go out there to the game, I'd be in the locker room like uh, trembling. But then, as soon as you got me out into the crowd mm. and and, and you hear people like roaring, you'd dive into it. Yes. So <laughs> it was so cool. That's yeah. incredible. Okay, so you're buzzing around. How do you find out that you have a calling <laughs> to the priesthood? And that, yeah. So I was working on weekends as a Life Teen core member. So mm. I was a volunteer. Oh. I myself was in Life Teen when I was in high school. And then, um, would you guys remember in the 90s there was a show? I don't know if it still exists. What's the um, the real world? You know the real world on yep. MTV? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Matt wa- was my resident assistant. But um, we called him Superfly. Superfly <laughs> got on that show. So do you remember, so for those yeah. who don't know this, like 35,000 people sent in their tape and said, here's five minutes introducing myself. And then they pick seven freaks of nature to like live inside of a mansion in New was Orleans. Was he the first one? No, he, he was. Well, I don't know. New Orleans, New Orleans was a couple years in, I think. I, think I so. never, honestly, I never yeah. watched that show until my friend got on, on it. But I remember his video because we were on the same hall and he had this giant crucifix mounted on his wall. And he, he kind of, this guy was a character. He White like uh, like bleach. Bl- he's yeah. it's natural blonde, but spiked hair, earrings, yellow glasses that would wear inside leopard pants, like that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he would he he could draw like he would not. Ble- he designed this awesome alarm clock. He had this like retro uh, bicycle on his wall, and he's he's showing all this cool stuff in his apartment. And then he says, "But if you really want to know who I am, you got to see this." And the camera pans to the crucifix. Awesome. And he's like, "That's what I'm all about." And he got picked, and he gave an awesome. He went every day on his skateboard to. To mass, and so this was the the guy that like when he needed normal clothes to borrow, he would be like, 
can I borrow that? Like for Halloween. Like that would that be. Okay. So Matt got me into um, uh, a job as a core member at the cathedral at Christ the King, and every Sunday uh, we would we would go and work with the teens, and I had my little flock. Um, and so this was when I was a freshman in college and sophomore in college, and this w- honestly was the most meaningful thing going on in my life. But I was I was discerning my career path. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was good at maths and sciences, so I went to Georgia Tech. But I was woefully unhappy when I started to work for BP Amico Polymers, and I just was chasing a paycheck. But it wasn't important to me. And I just had an epiphany one time. I was walking across campus. This is a spring day, beautiful day. I'm like in flip-flops with my portfolio strapped across my chest. I'm like, life is good. I'm designing a salt and pepper shaker that we had to do for class, like in wood. And it was like, this is my life. Like, this is my homework. I love this. This is, mm. this is so fun. And I just had this ruinous moment, like when I thought, what if all I do in life is design the snazziest salt and pepper shaker <laughs> the world has ever known? Yeah. And it was just so disappointing. I was like, that's it? Really? You know, like, that's what I'm living for? That's, and, and it was like, I was having a good day. Why, why ruin it? And um, <laughs> it was in that space that things were going well, but... I was hungering for something more transcendent. And uh, that's when I met Father Scott Riley on a a men's retreat. And uh, a good friend of mine uh, that was also on on the core team invited me to this. And because I trusted him and he was a good example for me, I went. And I talked to that. That was when I met Father Scott Riley, the first legionary priest I'd ever met. And it was the first day um, that I started to think more deeply about my Christian walk. Oh, I, there were two lists. One was for confession and one was for spiritual direction. And do you know, I, at 20 years old, I never even heard of spiritual direction. I didn't know that was a thing. And so I was like, I just went to confession, but I really want to talk to this priest because he obviously is deeply in love with Jesus Christ and he's got a prayer life that goes way beyond mine. I should talk to this guy. So I signed up. He called me in. And it was just so cool to have like a one-on-one. I just was not used to getting that kind of attention from a priest that was concerned about my growth and holiness. Mm, and yeah. I just shared my story. And he's like, well, if you want to talk in, in two weeks, I'm a chaplain at the school, come by. I was like, are you kidding me? Like my own personal coach? This is awesome. Like you bet I need that. Because life is confusing in college, right? It was everybody's piled up on top of each other. You had the guys that smoke weed in one corner, you know, the guys that do the Bible study in another, and we're all somehow friends, and we, it works, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, and, and it's true. Like, that was our Friday night. We had a Bible study, at, and we'd be finishing up, and then somebody would be wheeling out the speakers to the front porch, and let's get this party started. And, that, and, and that's kind of what life was. And, no. um, but to have a priest friend and to have other young men who were deeply committed to pursuing a life of holiness and virtue and prayer, that meant the world to me. So I found Regnum Christi. Uh, it was like the Feast of Corpus Christi that I incorporated into this movement associated with the, the Legionaries of Christ. In December, I went to Rome with a group of like 120 men. This was for the Jubilee uh, 2000. And I came back thinking about the priesthood. I remember it, the embarrassing story about this was my French class, which, as you can imagine, was like all girls. So it was really embarrassing. Like, I came back from Christmas, and I'd just been in Rome with on this vocational retreat. And the French teacher is telling me, well, where you, where'd you guys go? I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to explain this. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I went to, I went to Rome. I was trying to be as brief as possible. Like, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> with who? This this group, uh, this Catholic group. Yeah, I was at a seminary. And, of course, so the question comes, like, so are you thinking about the priesthood? But I remember being surprised about my own answer. I remember saying, 
je suis ouvert à ça. I'm, I'm open to that. And I was like, what the heck did I just say? I'm open <laughs> in, in front of this group. And all the eyes were just kind of like, whoa, like he's thinking about the priesthood. But then I, I walked out of that class thinking, it's true. I actually am mm. open. And, and a way, I wouldn't have said that. Well, it was beautiful the way you said it in French, so maybe that helped. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. one just stuck with me because it was a life moment. And like, I was just like, I, I am, and I remember sharing with my dad later mm -hmm. on. And in English. In English, <laughs> yeah. My mom is a French teacher, so I probably okay. could have got away uh, with her. But uh, yeah, so I visited the seminary um, for, for Easter. And that was the first time I stepped foot in such a land. Because, you know, when you're in a secular university, I think there's like 14,000 people with grad students at Georgia Tech. And you go to mass and there's like 12 and a half people. You know, you just feel like a, a little bit like, sure. what is this? Am I, am I just weird or something? And then you go to the seminary and you see people younger than yourself giving their everything. It just opens your eyes to say like, wow, there, there's something to discover here. And... I could grow so much. And it was just attractive. It was just, I remember just being magnetized to it. And um, I'll never forget the conversation as they're on this retreat. And for seven days, I was like, I'm going to get the inside scoop. I'm not going to go when they tell me to go. I'm going to be five days early. I'm going to go to chant class with them. I'm going to go to PE with them. I'm going to, the real deal, you know? And so sure enough, uh, at the end of this retreat, I sit down with, with the priest who's like leading the retreat. He was a brother at the time. And he, and he asked me, It, and I was prepared. He said, I said, listen, I, I had a great time. It, it's amazing the charity that reigns in this beautiful place. But I didn't get any lightning bolts from heaven. Um, and so I guess I'm not called. And he said, he said something I'll never forget. He said, look, there are two, there are two types of desires that God places upon our hearts. Some, some of these are natural desires. Just by virtue of our human nature, we desire to have a family, to have a wife, to have a career, to have uh, to set the course of our life. And all that made perfect sense to me. But he said, God also sometimes places supernatural desires on our hearts. Things like the desire to feed people with the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, to, to forgive their sins with absolution through the, through the sacraments, to be able to preach the gospel, to explain and break open God's word. He didn't get halfway through the sentence Because I was crying. Like, mm. it was just a moment. It was just a Holy Spirit moment. I was like, mm. whoa, whoa, those desires are absolutely on my heart. And I, d I, I didn't know that I could take a next step to find out more. He didn't push anything on me. He simply said, look, if that desire is there, you might want to keep discerning. And if that, the next step would be come to the summer candidacy, check it out. And so this is where some generosity was required of me because I had to cancel the jobs and I'd interviewed um, and I was excited about my plans and I had to divorce them. And there, it was a breakup. It was, and, and it was not easy to explain to friends and family. And yet I just knew from that point on that I needed to say yes, at least to this next baby step. Sure. And I think this is the thing that people need to hear when it comes to discerning vocation is that you got to do stuff you got to put your money where your mouth is in a way you, it's it's not i knew that i would never be content just by reading a book or like i needed to go and check it out like put the put the hand in the glove see if it fits walk around in these new shoes of yours and and see if that's what you're made for and there is a sense that yes it's bigger than you yes it's something you need to grow into um but there's also a sense of this this fits uh, i'm i'm right here there's something deeply 
harmonious about this. this it, the desires of my heart are uh, reflected in the life that I'm now living. And I think that's what I experienced. And they didn't kick me out. And so I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Kept going. Wow. So you went from salt shakers to salt of the earth. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Just wanted to yeah. pepper, pepper that in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's the thing is there's something deeply transcendent about um, the priesthood that I love. Um, but the superficiality that I think really is saturating our lives everywhere, that was that was a turnoff. And I wanted to to distance myself from that. And it wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious where to do that. That's the mm. thing is like, even though I had, I remember telling Father Scott in my first spiritual direction, Father, I feel like a spiritual dud. You know, those bombs that like could go off, but don't <laughs> like sitting in the field. <laughs> like I, I want to do something like I would. I remember moments like I'd be drumming my uh, steering wheel. This was my mobile sanctuary. It was my Ford Explorer sport mm. when I because it was the only place I had silence to, to like pray when I was a 20 year old. But I would sometimes like get in a fervor in prayer, like I could give my life to you. I would I would lay it all down, dreaming like the bl- going down in the blaze of glory. You're talking about Saint Colbe over here, but but it was such like dreams of grandeur that didn't correspond to like I look in the mirror and be like, you are our a lame loaf of bread, like <laughs> loaf of bread. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but I don't explain explain my own metaphors. They don't make yes, sense. To I me. call my bread l- lame often. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> But so that's what I, I I didn't I didn't have any uh, nothing in my life reflected these these grand desires. But like I said, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where to channel, and I needed. That's what the church. That's why we need each other. Yep. You know, that's why we need community. If there's a reason we're ecclesia. I mean, those who are convoked, those who are called together by Christ, called out of the world, and also called into His. But I I, I was longing for that structure. I was I was just kind of floating. Can I work on your meditation? Metaphor for a second. Yeah. So I feel like you were this lame loaf of bread, as you would call it. <laughs> and then you got introduced to the Shroud of Turin, and that's when the leaven came, and it rose. Uh, that's not really how this works. Let's <laughs> 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 see so how many metaphors we can yeah. next. <laughs> and now it looked no further than go watch the video version of the long-form Pints, of, Pints mm. of Aquinas, where you appear on there to go through the same kind of conversation you just had with us on our first show. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what... What uh, grandiose plans you had when you were drumming your steering wheel, but I can promise you those are much bigger that have actually materialized. Yeah, no, it's amazing to think of the inner. I don't even know what that means, 1.5 million people. Like, because you know, no one does. It's more than 1.4. I've got that much. (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible to spell, too. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it is a blessing to to be able to cast the nets out like that. But it's also kind of intangible, you know, because it's not like Mm -hmm. I know you guys, I can talk to a group of three. But it's kind of immaterial, mm. right? I mean, it is. It, but I, I, I don't mind that in a way. Like, um, honestly, my favorite place to be many days is just in my own room. Mm. Like, I'm a closet bookworm. That not so closet, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's out there. That that's where I spend a lot of my time. I just finished my doctorate after three years, and and um, it's a lot of just quiet time. But I think it. You, you know, the word seminary comes from seed bed, right? So you're kind of like you're growing. God is mm. growing you. And like a garden, you don't see the fruits for a lot. But out of that, I think, maturity, out of the love and the security that we receive over many years, we become someone. We become something. And then we don't have to put on airs. We can just yeah. share the gifts that, that God gave. And it's so freeing. It's so um, – and 
I love that God multiplies the work of our hands, but they're utterly disproportionate to what we contribute. Mm-hmm. So it's like we can never take credit for it. It's like, come on. It's like I, I have no natural capacity to do anything that, you know, anything worthy, that, but God makes it yep. something. I love that imagery in the Mass, right? Like we bring our bread and wine, simple gifts that he transfigures into his body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's the food we need, not the not the the nothing that we that we offer but we do so willingly and then he takes over and that's the story of my life that's i think the fun part of the priest is like just showing up and letting god be god and it's okay to be it's okay to be small because his his strength is more manifest in our weakness i love your story it just (laughs) helps like break down like it's not hey i'm 18 now i'm a priest right like (laughs) there's a lot of steps on that path yeah right and there's a there's a lot of suffering in there too i'm not gonna um, sure. kind of sugarcoat that um you know what i would go home it would be for christmas or whatever maybe thanksgiving is usually thanksgiving to be honest and uh and i'd be andrew you know not father andrew i'm not you know all in the limelight i'm just you know ha- having drinks with them or playing games with them or whatever just being the old me but they came once uh, after I was ordained, shortly after I was ordained, to a pilgrimage in the footsteps of St. Paul in Greece. It was so awesome. Mm-hmm. It was a group of 50 Chinese and my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and they loved it. And But I got to, every day, I was celebrating Mass. I was giving homilies. They saw me mm-hmm. in priest mode. And they saw the pilgrims around me that were being enriched by my priesthood. And they were deeply moved by that. And I'll never forget the sharing at the end. We're all sitting uh, in a circle and my, it comes, uh, my dad was just melting down just to, it was beaming with pride. And I'll never, I'll never forget. He stopped me in the galley. We're on this, you know, cause you have to move from Island to Island from Athens to Thessaloniki, et cetera. And he stops me in the, in the little corridor of the, after mass on this ship, this cruise ship. And in a silent moment, and it was just me and him, he, he just kind of stops me and he puts his hand over my heart mm. and he just, he just looks me like deep in the eyes, like into my soul and says, Andrew, you are a star for Christ. And he was just like, he was just beaming with pride and oh my gosh, the, the healing that that gave to me to know that, um, that, he, that saw he was, it. that he was, yeah, that he saw it and that, that we were, there's just a connection there. And I think there's so much in us, right, that we want to be approved. We want to have that, um, that sense that we've not let them down, mm. and um, and so that was just a golden moment in like the blessing of a father. Right? Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean we live for that, and I think especially as men, we think about legacy a lot. We think about what we do. We put our value in what we accomplish, and this is a hard lesson to learn to really find our value in our relationship, to find a relationship in love, and to just being unconditionally loved by a father that reveals the face of God to me so deeply but I just want to honor my father for the cross that it implies and for all the moms out there too I want to begin to talk to my Italian mother who you know family is every la familia right (laughs) uh, but my mom told me the day of my ordination she too was in the midst of our tears this is the happiest day of my life let it be and that's all we could do that's all we could Mm. do in in a first moment but there is a deeper sense of connectedness now that we that we enjoy because we walked through that cross and um, we're all the better for it. 
I'm going to ask a final question. Has your father heard you give this version of this story before? Well, there, uh, there's not that many occasions that I've given it, so he has heard a little bit of it. But um, yeah, if he might be hearing, what well, like I think about that too. Thank, he's such a good sport about this, like because it is an intimate thing to share, mm-hmm. right? And oh my gosh, but um, he, I remember in Canada one time, I think that was I asked him permission if I could. I was like, Dad. Yeah. Because um, I've learned so much about what it means to actually, like, authentic Christianity. Sometimes we need those silent witnesses. That's my dad. He doesn't necessarily say a whole lot, but it's just real in him. And uh, um, I've, I'm the beneficiary of so many good gifts that really come down. Come that, to that's me what me. happens when you go to the northern time zone, right? That's right. <laughs> Do you know, you're going to bless so many people with this bonus episode of the Beatitudes, but I am grateful to uh, to imagine this time in January where hopefully your father uh, gets to press play on this. I think what a blessing. Yeah. Uh, I have three boys, and uh, if, I could <laughs> if I could fast forward time and hear something like this in the future, like what a gift you just gave to them. So, mm-hmm. And a gift you gave to all of us as well. Um, throughout both of these episodes, please, if you've enjoyed this episode and you didn't catch the episode from Monday where we talk about the Shroud of Turin and all the great work that Father Andrew Dalton is doing, please go back and watch that one. It is uh, already one of the top shows we've ever produced, and we're just sitting here right now, and I can tell you that. (laughs) 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 It happened. Um, But you've blessed us, Father. I know you're going to continue, but you've also given us the challenge, the call really to first, let's just take this episode, honor our parents. Yeah. Honor them in our in our lives, in our language, uh, in the ways that we're able to forgive, give back, give grace. And then also to go just a step deeper and see where the Lord takes you when it comes to the artifact of the Shroud of Turin. Because if enough of us can be plugged into that, then we can start to bring an ecumenical love of Christ back to the culture. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. Amen. Well, Father, we'll see you next time in Rome when we bring the tiny table to come hang out with you there. And for the rest of you, we will. See you in the Eucharist. We will. <laughs> Arrivederci. Buona giornata. As soon as I said, I was like, oh, yeah. Hello. I'll put all that in there. Oh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.